Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Joe Tacopina is the best defense attorney in the country, if not the world, and he's here now to talk more about this case. Joe, the affidavit is out there. Your thoughts on the Idaho killer? Now we know. (laughs) 24 hours ago, I said to you, Sid, listen, let's not jump to conclusions. You know, we don't really know anything about why they think he's the murderer. Let's wait and see. Now we know. I mean, this is unbelievable. I mean, it's a... Law enforcement did a great job here, both the local PD and FBI, because they they joined hands here and and came up with a treasure trove of evidence. I mean, you have DNA evidence in this case, which is, for the most part, the the kneecapper, the game set and match evidence, right? You have have video footage of the car, his car in the area um, right before the the killings, speeding away right after the killings, heading in the direction of – Washington State University, where it's then captured subsequently at the same time it would have taken to get back from Moscow to, to Pullman, um, you know, parking that car. I mean, it, it's it's ironclad. You have cell phone records, by the way, which clearly he shut his cell phone off and put on airplane mode right before the killings and then turned it on right after the killings. Problem is his phone pinged in Moscow, Idaho, um, as he was leaving the crime scene and showed up again in, in, in Pullman at Washington State University. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, they searched his, his, uh, his parents' garbage, found enough there to, get some, to conduct DNA analysis in, in the state lab in Idaho, and found a match between the DNA and the sheath, the knife sheath that they recovered at the scene. Not to mention, this creep came back to the murder scene at 9 o'clock that morning as per his cell phone ping at that, literally at the apartment's location. So, you know, yesterday I was hesitant to jump to those conclusions. Now I'm ready to go. Yeah, he's, he's definitely the guy. So uh, we still have no idea. I know that he was a uh, criminal history major. Some people think maybe he wanted to carry out the crime to feel what it's like, all the work he's been studying. I don't think, as far as I know, there was any personal attachment between this creep and any one of those four innocent victims. Do you know anything more about that today? No. No, no. So there's not. I don't think there's no evidence of that whatsoever. These were. I'm, I'm sure these are just innocent people. But don't forget, the cell phone evidence in this case also showed that this, this, this animal went to that house months before the murder, twelve times in the months before the murders, in, in the middle of the night, late evening, early morning hours. So he, but he was, but, but he was basically, he was, case, he was casing the place. He wasn't going to. He didn't know anybody there. He was casing it. Correct. It looked, it looked like he was just stalking the, the, the location. Um, he identified four students. I mean, look, I, I, the notion that he would do this to see what it's like, that's the most ridiculous thing ever. Right. Um, so so he's just a killer. He's just a killer. And, and look, who knows what else they're going to find in this guy's background. Uh, you know, he may have may have done something like this before because this isn't something you wake up on a Tuesday morning and say, ah, let me go bludgeon four people to death and, you know, um, that I don't even know. For no reason, no apparent reason anyway. Don't forget, motive is not an element of the crime. But, you know, sometimes you like to tie up the story. Right. But but then again, as you know, as an attorney, Joseph, and he didn't bludgeon these people. He stabbed the men bludgeon them. But, um, uh, you know, there is a first time. So, yes, you would think uh, four people is a bit much for a first-time killer. But every killer has a first time. So it's not out of the question that Absolutely. this guy did it for the first time. 
Absolutely. Well, whether he did it for the first time or the tenth time, this case here, these four individuals were were slaughtered by this individual without question. His his all over the crime scene. And don't forget, then you have a live eyewitness who made eye contact with him. Right. You know, he was right. his nose and mouth were covered. Yep. But she described pretty well the rest of his appearance. Um, I think that package together is an ironclad piece. So, you know, I don't know what he's going to say. No, you know, and I bring this up all the time because my beautiful wife, Danielle, is a very, very fine defense attorney. Doesn't have the accolades you've got, obviously, but she's very good. Arthur Idala is a dear friend of mine. He's a terrific attorney. You're my best friend for 42 years. You're the best in the business. And this guy would have to call one of you three, whether it's a legal aid person or a high-priced attorney like you, when somebody out there is going to defend this guy in court somewhere. But you told me before, Joe, that there are cases. There are cases where you would actually say, no, thank you, I draw the line. But to think that one of your folks, your colleagues, will have to defend this guy, kind of rough, huh? It's rough, but it's it's right, Sid, because the system collapses if we don't have people representing right. this guy. I mean, don't forget, let me always go back to Richard Jewell. Richard Jewell, the Olympic bomber in the 80s. Remember, that guy was the most convicted yep. human being in the world. He was. No one would touch him. No one would represent him. He, they used to laugh at his uniblubber, they called him, because he was heavy. Um, they destroyed that guy's life. He was purely innocent. There was not a human being in the United States of America who thought that he was not guilty. And he was presumed guilty, and he was innocent. I'm not. This is not the case here. Let me be clear. That being said, people have to represent even the guiltiest of us because the system has to be kept in check. And if the system works, he'll be convicted and spend the rest of his life in jail or be put to death. Well, hold on. Oh, hold on. Listen, I know we've got the best system in the world, and who knows better than you? You practice in, in, in Rome, in Europe. But the system doesn't always work. You can talk to your face turns blue. You're not going to convince me that O.J. Simpson didn't kill those two people. And by the way, I still think some of those kids in the Central Park Five were guilty of that rape that night in Central Park. So the system doesn't always work. Not always. Of course not. It's it's, it's based on, on human error, right? Because human, the human error element is in the system. Um, so there's no question. Yeah, O.J. Simpson is, is, is as guilty as anyone, right? No question about that. But the, the cops in that case opened the door for an acquittal. And honestly, when cops stopped lying and, and committing perjury and planting evidence, which was ha- proven in that case, even a guilty person deserves uh, oh, Listen, uh, you're right, and Johnny Cochran did an amazing job of changing that case from a double homicide as to whether or not Mark Furman was a racist, but it wasn't even that. He won that day because there was a couple of colored folks on the jury. Let's be honest. Yeah, but there was more than a couple. Um, yeah, exactly. You know what it was. <laughs> exactly. This is a much deeper conversation, but <laughs> those colored folks had seen police activity like that. Mark Furman was the, the poster child for what a, a racist police officer was and is and shouldn't be on the force. He gave them that case. Um, listen, I agree with you, Sid. The, the system is not perfect. doesn't always work. Um, but but it's the best system in the world. And honestly, I said this to someone yesterday at Harvard when I was, was teaching law school when I was asked this question. You know, it's better that one innocent person, purely innocent person, goes free than 10 guilty people, um, you, you know, get don't get convicted. And, and to me, that's important. We have to remember because there's nothing worse than a human being who's done nothing wrong spend their life in jail, be shredded from their families and, and have their family destroyed. So, you know, it's a system that... Uh, I disagree with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just not... So, I understand. So person, I disagree. So, Sid, 
I'm so listen, Joe, Joe, that's my father. In a hypothetical, if, if it's a no, I know, but but, but, but listen, life. but it, it's, a, it's a case of numbers. Look, if it's my son or my father, you bet I'm screaming uh, in the rafters. But I would much rather 10 of 11 go away because the greater number makes, up, makes us a safer society than the one poor bastard who is actually innocent. I mean, I'm sorry. That's just yeah, a fact. I'm not willing to sacrifice a human life of someone who's done absolutely nothing wrong. Um, for 10 other people. I'm just Casualties of war, Joseph. Casualties of war. Okay. Unless it's you or your family. Right. Different story, of course. But for the greater good, yeah. every once in a while, if some innocent guy has to go away so 10 animals aren't killing us in the streets, that's just the way it works. Yeah. Don't worry. Those 10 animals, if they are animals, will be back for round two. And, and unfortunately, Sid, that's our system. It's yeah. not science. It's not a computer-based system. It's yeah. a human error system where there is... You know, people have to do things the right way. Right. Look, that's why we have the Constitution. It protects all of us, even even the worst among us. But it certainly protects the people who haven't done anything wrong and, and, and have to be proven guilty before we put lots of people No, I, I agree. I agree. 60 seconds to go, Joe Dacapina. Now that we've seen the affidavit, now that the DNA links this guy to the murders, what happens next? Now they have, will have a preliminary hearing, uh, you know. He's had these investigators running around, in my opinion, at this point, before the affidavit was released, having investigators there. It was an investigator trying to get himself in the press, no question about that, because I don't know what you're investigating without knowing what it is you're looking for. Um, but what's next is they'll start the slow path to a conviction. The prosecutors have to decide now whether it's going to be a death penalty case or, you know, a life case. Um, but so that that's the next Step. But now that we all know, you know what we've been waiting for, um, it, it's it's clear that this is going to be a, a guilty verdict slash plea at some point down the road. Got it. Hey, uh, thank you for coming back two days in a row. You're always great. I love you to pieces. And uh, keep up the good work, Joe Takapina. Thank you so much. Have a great okay, weekend. Brother. All right. Love there you. he is, folks. My main man for 42 years, uh, famed defense attorney Joe Takapina. If you had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and they will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avvo and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today, 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email them at info at gabolaw.com. That's G-A-B-O-Law.com. Gabo Law, where winning is no accident.